Welcome everybody to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Sonia Santos. She is a senior solution engineer for SD-WAN at VMware. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you. Hello. So nice to have you here, Sonia. Let's kick it off with a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are and where you live, what you enjoy. So, um, yep, so my name is Sonia. I am Portuguese. So I was born and raised in a small town in Portugal. Um, I'm the youngest of four uh, daughters. Um, and uh, I lived in Portugal all my life up until 2017. And then I decided to, you know, experience other, um, uh, other adventures, other professional challenges outside of my country. So I first went two years to work in, in Spain, in Valencia. Um, and then I had enough of the sun and the good weather. So I decided to come to London. And uh, I've been here for two and a half years now. So that's, that's me. <laughs> okay. Um, immediate question. Um, so a question that usually we don't like to get asked, but your English is very good. But then you say you spend most of your life in, in Portugal and, and in Spain. So where do you learn to speak uh, English this well? Well, actually, it's uh, um, my, my mother. She has, uh, she's 78, but she speaks very well uh, English. She learned when she was uh, at school. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me and my sisters, when we were learning to uh, read and write in Portuguese, she actually started to teach us as well to mm -hmm. read and write in English. Very basic texts, very basic um, uh, stories. But I think that was that is the right uh, uh, time for you in life to learn a new language. Mm -hmm. And I think that the uh, a switch was turned on. <laughs> So it was always easy for me and my sisters to, to understand and to speak English. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> That's an interesting point you made about learning languages early. I agree. I think it's, it's a very good thing to at least lay the foundation when you're very young. Yes. So you grew up in a household full of uh, girls. You, have, yes. you said you are the youngest of four, four daughters. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you grew up, what your mom did, what your dad did maybe, and um, what kind of education you had. So it was a pretty traditional uh, household for Portugal, where you usually, um, so my father was always employed, my mother not so much. She was on and off jobs and it was actually hard for her to keep a job, especially if it was a job that uh, included some commute or something mm -hmm. uh, because she had a large amount of children in the house and uh, traditionally it was more the women who, who would take that uh, than my father um, but still uh, saying this it was a very strong uh, woman environment as you can imagine so many women and uh, everybody studied, even my mother. I, I remember my mother when I was small, she was going into uh, high school, trying to complete her education, uh, studying in the evening. Um, so it was a very, a very strong uh, mindset of uh, work and, and, and uh, value. Um, so, and apart from that, so then I had also a very strong woman, another very strong woman in my life who was my grandmother. 
um, and uh, she was actually the one, the only one who could read and write in her village. And uh, she was a very, very uh, a wise woman. And I think she was uh, very, very important as well in my upbringing. Um, so you already so, had two really strong female role models yes. um, as, a, as a young girl. Uh, yes. Tell me a little bit about um, what kind of school you went to and um, what your, your re basic education was like. So um, all the way to uh, high school, at some point you have to choose if you want to go to learn more about languages or if you want to learn more about uh, science. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time, I was not that bad at math, so I didn't do what mostly people do, who is run away from math and go and learn with uh, languages or other social um, uh, subjects. And uh, so I actually went to science, but I didn't actually know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So my father worked in a bank. I thought that was a good idea. So I was more on and off. Uh, I studied accounting. I studied management. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I never had this passion or this thing about going to a computer science related um, mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. But then in my home in my hometown, there is a there was a school, there is a school and they opened a new course which combined IT and management. Mm -hmm. So I thought, OK, why not? And so that's what I did. I went for it and I made my bachelor's. Actually, I, I made it quite early because I uh, was an early start in school. So I made it at 20. Um, and that's when I started to work full time after that. I, I completed the rest of my education while at work. So, but at 20, I was already working on IT. Wow. So. <laughs> so this is interesting. I mean, a lot of women I've talked to, they didn't have an early passion for tech, but I feel, and maybe I, it's my opinion, but I want to ask you, so do you feel this is because you didn't have any role models that were in IT or was it just not something that anyone else did around you? What is the reason do you think? Um, well, first, this was very early on. So this was uh, 93 uh, when I first went to this um, to this college. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely, I didn't have any role models around me. So everybody that I knew had very traditional uh, professions. I did have some colleagues that were fortunate to have computers, but it was just for play. And you know that uh, usually girls are not as prone to uh, game uh, to gaming in, in computers as, as boys. So there wasn't an actual um, uh, drive or anything that I could say, oh, yeah, that's that's what I want. No. But then as I learned and I got into it, it slowly grew on me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely could see that uh, it was uh, a good way to go. And um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was there at the time to, to make that choice. So I'm wondering, you said a new school opened with and a new course, and it was a combination of IT and management. So when you started out on that uh, course, did you have any idea what it would be like? Or was it just, oh, this is something new and I'll try it and it sounds interesting? What what was the motivation? Uh, at the time, the only thing that I really uh, well, liked sort of was accounting because my mother used to work in accounting. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the course had an accounting uh, component as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and about IT, I, I didn't know anything. I assumed that it had some 
software development and, and um, things like that. I, I thought it was very important for me as well to learn how to uh, handle a computer, uh, not only as a programmer, but also as a user and to be good at it because I knew that more and more that was being uh, asked for at companies. So yeah, I think that I just looked and I said, okay, so if I like one thing, I go to one side. If I like the other thing, I'll go to the other side. So it was all about keeping the spectrum, the spectrum uh -huh. open until as late as possible. And uh, in, that, in that aspect, I think it was a, a quite good and generalist course yeah. Uh, yeah. to make. So that's so interesting that it was actually accounting that pulled you into that course yep. and not the IT part. So then you were 20 and you went to work. What did you do? Yes. So my first real IT job uh, was actually at the Ford plant. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a big electronics plant. They built the radios for the cars mm -hmm. uh, and airbag modules and all electronic things. And uh, it was very interesting because um, so I started as a developer and it was the first and only time in my life where I could actually see the product of what IT is doing. So you could actually look at the radio and I would think, okay, so part of my programming of what I did is actually on that product. And uh, that palpable feeling that, uh, you know, it's a tangible product that you're looking at. Um, it's something that I never had uh, uh, ever. <laughs> the rest of my career but it was something very very good and uh, the experience I mean in terms of uh, human resources in terms of internal organization I mean Ford is probably one of the best uh, companies uh, that exist because they have been doing it for a long time mm -hmm. so it is very very interesting yeah so your first job was uh, actually an very male-dominated field, even more than not just IT, which is already very male-dominated, but then also cars. I mean, that, that's kind of like the yes. perfect storm of, of male interest. <laughs> True. So how was that like? I mean, you're a young girl with 20 going into Ford to develop car radios and airbags and software. Hmm? Uh, well, the, there were actually two realities inside of the, the plant. One was the what they call the um, hourly, which was the people, which were the people that were actually working on the product themselves on the lines, mm -hmm. and those the large majority were women because they had small hands. Oh, <laughs> so fine things, you know, they had to do very fine uh, uh, gestures, and so most of them were women. Mm -hmm. But then you went to the office area and it was completely the opposite. So every engineer, uh, technical engineers, technical design, mm -hmm. uh, everything, logistics, everything was a completely, um, it, the majority, the big majority was were all men. So, and of course, all the plant managers and the plant directors and all of those people that I had to speak to quite often, Mm -hmm. uh, we're all male, of course, and I think they were quite um, amused sometimes by the fact that I was so young and a woman. <laughs> so it was very interesting, a very interesting experience, yeah. So how long did you stay there? Um, I stayed there, I think, five or six years. Mm -hmm. But then um, first, I, th that plant was uh, Ford, but then Ford made a spin-off to the electronics. Mm -hmm. So then uh, was not called Ford anymore, was called Bistion, because I was doing exactly the same thing. Mm 
-hmm. And then Vistian made an outsourcing contract with IBM. And so I become a full-time IBM employer, uh, everything without leaving the same desk, right? <laughs> so it was very interesting. <laughs> Who am I working for today? Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, very cool from one very big name in car manufacturing to another big name in, yes. in software and and actually yes. I, ibm is very well known did anything change in that uh, in in the environment through those changes or was it just different names and the same thing so between ford and vision was just a pure name change uh, but then of course when ibm came they had other customers and so they tried to use us as well for their other customers. So then I eventually started working. First, I started to work more with networking, which mm -hmm. is my what I have focused my career on. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I gave up developing. I was sick and tired of being a developer. <laughs> I didn't want that. Uh, so I went to networking. And when IBM came, they asked me, what do you want? Do you want to pursue networking? Or do you want to pursue? Uh, I was a team leader at the time. Uh, and they asked me, do you want to pursue a management career or something more connected to the software application area or networking? And I said, networking, please. Okay. So that's when I um, came to networking. And then, yes, things started to, to change a lot because they began to pull me to a number of projects. Um, and, and soon enough, I was not at the plant anymore. So I was in Lisbon. I was working for banks and other, other mm -hmm. companies. Yep. Tell me, um, so you obviously you had it, you were leading a team and you got the option to go into management. What made you decide to stay on the technical side instead of going that path? Well, I was very young, um, very, very young, and I felt very insecure. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, it was not something that was in my, my plans. Uh, I always wanted to know how things work. I'm very passionate about the logic behind things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know it all sounds a little bit magic, but then there's <laughs> things that happen in, in behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I was always very interested in knowing how those things work. Mm -hmm. And I guess that I was more interesting about that than actually uh, pursuing a management career, which mm -hmm. for me, it, it had a very interesting part, but um, again, it would mean that I would have to move away from the technical side, and I was not ready to do that. I was yeah, too I young understand. to do that. And, uh, so <clears throat> for what you do now, there are certain skills that are important. Of course, there's the technical side um, that you're passionate about, but what, yeah. of you, what characteristics that you have do you think are really uh, important for your job besides technical? Um, I would say I'm a very logical person um, and, and I try to be pragmatic as much as possible. And I think that's very important because, you know, when you start to talk uh, technical stuff, it's very easy to get lost. It's very easy to begin here. And once you notice you are speaking about something completely different. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that I'm, I'm, um, it's, Kind of easy for me to keep the focus and to be pragmatic and mm -hmm. uh um, and logic again i think those are my three mm -hmm. and from early on uh, also the ability to talk to people every kind of person every from you name it yeah. uh, i can speak to everybody and and i try to relate with everybody and i think that that's also 
very good for people to open up and to um, share knowledge as well. Yeah. Very good point that you just made. I think uh, communication is one of the big skills that are very important yes. in tech at the moment. And I think for quite a while now. So, so you were quite young still when you left IBM. What happened after that? Um, what did you do? So after I left IBM, um, I went to work for an ISP, uh, the third ISP in my country, mm -hmm. uh, which is, was an awesome experience mm -hmm. because I had only worked with banks, banks, banks. And so working for an ISP was definitely uh, very good. And uh, after that, I went to work for distributors. I, I, I did a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And but I was always very focused on the ISPs. I would either work directly to them or I was working as an outsourcing or as a contractor. So I have always been um, involved in that area because it's what I liked. Yeah, so. Yeah. so working for internet service providers makes a lot of sense with what you're doing now with yes. Divan. So how long have you been at VMware? So I came into VMware last year in June 2020, so mid-pandemic. Um, I actually just met my team last week, <laughs> in, in physically, I mean, so uh, yeah, it, but uh, it has been, uh, it has been quite a while, uh, quite a ride. It is my first time in a vendor, so I, I have never worked in a vendor, I was usually the, the, either the end customer or the, you know, the one that Pulls the why is this not working? <laughs> so now I'm I'm actually the one on the other side of the phone saying, oh, this is not working, but we will sort it <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> so, so in terms of your role, um, you are now in pre-sales, like I am. What do you like about that? What is different from what you did before? And and um, tell us a little bit about that. Oh. I'm helping. I'm actually. I feel that I'm helping people to make something work. Uh, so if they're stuck in a place and they, oh, we don't understand how this works. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't even work, but uh, I'm able to help them either to understand how that is supposed to work or a workaround that they can overcome if the product doesn't do that specific thing. And uh, I like this uh, usefulness. I like to feel useful, I guess. And it's, uh, and of course, I also like the, the kind of uh, relationships that are built with the customers because you actually have to build a trust relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the thing that I like the most, definitely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what your day looks like. Obviously, you started in the middle of the pandemic, so it's not necessarily what your job would look like when you, if you could travel and go to customer sites and things. But yeah. tell us a little bit about what you do on a daily basis. So currently, I'm I'm um, uh, I'm assigned to a single customer, but this customer has several uh, uh, countries around Europe that are launching the product, mm -hmm. and so my uh, usual day is I will have um, weekly meetings with each one of these countries. Mm -hmm. I will understand what their problems are, what their challenges are at the moment. I will try to help them overcome those challenges. Um, if there is anything new in the product, I will try to convey that to them, see if they want to test it, see if they want to engage in that uh, uh, new feature. Um, and I also have to, of course, do a lot of labbing. I need to do labs for myself also to understand how the product actually works so that I can explain that to the customer. Mm -hmm. 
And um, yeah, I work very closely with the pro with the product management team. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they must think that I'm a big pain. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I try to to I mean, not only advocate for the customer, but also for things that, uh, of course, as a, a technical person, I also have my opinion. So mm -hmm. it's uh, important to convey all that. So that's my mm -hmm. usual work. Yeah. Cool. So. Um... I was wondering while you were telling me what you do, do you, does your family understand um, no. the work you should do? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I usually tell people when they ask me, what do you do? And I say, I do drawings <laughs> because there's a lot of diagram yeah, yeah. going on. So, and, and in the end, if I look at my agendas or if I look to my notebooks, mm -hmm. it's all full of drawings and arrows here and arrows there. and you know, uh, occasionally a user with a laptop or a phone or an antenna or something like that. So I usually just say I drawings. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> so um, obviously you enjoy what you do and, and you love your job. Is this something you would rec recommend young women to go in this field of IT and tech? Is it something you recommend? Yes. Yes, definitely. I must say that um, before going into networking, I was a little bit concerned because there's a physical part to it, because mm -hmm. you need to go to the data centers and physically attach some devices and work with racks and all of that. Um, so there is that physical part. There is also the availability part, because many times you have to be on call, you have to uh, you have to upgrade, you don't upgrade something 10 a.m. in the morning, you'll have mm -hmm. to do it usually at 1 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to physically go to data centers, God knows where, and, and you know, be there. And, and so there is a physical component. Mm -hmm. And what I very uh, um, quickly learned is that uh, thanks to ergonomics, well, first, nobody assembles anything by themselves. There's usually a couple of people there. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if you're by yourself, there's something called ergonomics. So you have all sorts of elevating plat platforms and, mm -hmm. and automatic screwdrivers and, you know, mm -hmm. it's no, no sweat. So there is nothing to be uh, afraid of. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, but also the, the part of the availability. I am very fortunate because my husband also works in IT. So if I tell him, I'll be at 3 a.m. doing an upgrade in a data center <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> he won't ask a lot of questions because he knows, he understands what I'm doing and yeah. what I do. And so that also has uh, a good, a good uh, plays a, a very important role as well, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean, it, it all totally makes it easier if your partner understands what you're doing. Yes. Because if you're oh, yes. not in IT and you tell him, I need to go to a data center in the middle of the night. <laughs> Yeah, that could be discussion. That could be <laughs> several questions following. Yeah, yeah. But but let's not make it, it, it sounds a little bit as if you were always available for work, but I think uh, what this is more about is flexibility, right? Um, yeah. So this, I think, is also one of the aspects that are great for women, that you can, you know, be flexible with your time and, and um, yes. decide a lot when you work. Is that yeah. for you as well? Yes, yeah. definitely. And uh I mean, although I, I, I don't have any children of my own, but I have always studied a lot. And of course I have, I'm a very generalist person. So I have a lot of interests outside of work. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that was something very important for me from day one is never to let work 
uh, eat your life away. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a specific time frame for work and there's a specific time frame for everything else. And um, of course, now with the pandemic, even more flexible, if we already had some flexibility, I think that now we have even more flexibility because remote work is not a, a, um, a bad thing anymore. It's a, it's a given. Yes. So, uh, and I usually tell, I, I was talking to a um, uh, uh, 17 year old uh, teenager, a girl, and she was thinking, oh, I would like to do this. I would like to do that. And I, and I told her, try to choose something that gives you flexibility, flexibility to work in other countries, flexibility to work in uh, other, um, in other settings, you know, mm -hmm. if, if, because she was on to flexibility and I told her so, uh, and this is definitely a good, a good place to be if. Flexibility that's is important. advice, I think, and that's what I try to um, explain to to all women that tech is a good field to uh, give you the the means, the resources, and the flexibility to have a life besides work, and also yeah. arrange the things that are important to you around your work schedule and uh, and the other way yeah. around. So, yeah, so good advice, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a good place to make a uh an honest money and good money i mean yeah. you can do more you can do less but uh, wages are very um very good considered to other average work that a woman would generally go go for yeah. so and i think that uh, financial independence is also a very very key factor uh for women i agree and uh yeah it's a good goal it's also, also very to important to tell everyone and to understand that this is a place where you have um, job security because uh, we have a lot of need for people who work in IT there's good money yes. to made, be made and a lot of flexibility so yeah. just because I see the half hour is already over for some reason nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just maybe like would you like to give some kind of tip or recommendation to young women going into the work field I mean we already obviously talked about choosing flexibility but something you might want them to know what you would have liked to know when you were younger, when you were 20, maybe. Uh, um, I think that uh, sometimes we question things too much and we, we, when we think about doing something, we go and, oh, I probably, I won't do it because of this or that. And we have this big list of things mm -hmm. of no's why we shouldn't do whatever. And one thing that I, um, I think that I learned at an early stage is that you go and try. Mm -hmm. Trying, nobody, nobody ever got uh, in trouble for trying. Mm -hmm. uh, so first you try and then you sort out if all of those no's are really no's or if those no's are maybes <laughs> or if there are no no's and you just, uh, the, you know, you can just do your path and and um, and build your career, whatever it is, in whatever field you like. Yeah, that that I makes think. perfect sense. Don't stop yourself. Try yeah. it out and then find out if it's the right thing. Yeah. Because you're right, women tend to just you know not try yeah. if when it goes wrong or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that so, is true. Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your journey. You're welcome. And um, yeah. yeah um, Thank you for having me as well, of course. <laughs>